You're listening to a podcast of Spurious Morality. And welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. I'm Johnston, and this week I am joined by Connor. Hello. And we are here to talk about a run of Fifth Doctor stories uh, that came quite, well, started off quite late in the monthly range and for um, real-world related reasons kind of got delayed and concluded in a box set. Uh, it is the Mark arc. The Mark? The Mark arc? Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So uh, it's it's a pretty strong run of stories. It was, it sort of came along with very little fanfare, actually. I think even when Tartarus was released, we weren't actually sure that Mark was going to be a companion. We kind of saw a name that recurred in cast list, but I think that was it. I don't think there was the usual big sort of announcement news article you know the doctor nissa and tegan are going to be joined by mark or anything like that so it was it felt a bit strange from the start i don't know if you feel the same connor but yeah it kind of it it emerged as an arc it wasn't announced as an arc i guess I, i think it flew under my radar for a wee while sort of just after it was announced where i i i'd heard cicero I think by that stage, I can't actually remember. It might have come later um, for me. But I think I'd heard it and I got quite excited that they were doing the crossover with, you know, Doctor Who and Cicero, um, which we've spoken before about that on, on, on this on this podcast. But I think I only really got into it when whenever the first series had come out. Um and they had, you know, they'd got up and done Warzone and Conversion, and everyone said it was the best thing since sliced bread. And I thought, okay, I will have to do this, um, because it was at a point where I was being very selective about what I got from Big Finish. Just um, where I, 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 I was, I was waiting for reviews on things before, you know, uh, you know, going in. I was, I think, I was final year university student, and cash was a bit tight at the time, so I, I, I was a bit more selective in what I was listening to. And the reviews on this made me take the plunge with all three um, releases in that first series all in one go. And I didn't regret it for a second there. It's, it's, it was, it was and is an excellent run of stories. Yeah. It's sort of straight away becomes like must listen stuff. And I think that it's, it's very easy to get invested in what's going on. Um, the character of Mark perhaps takes a little bit more to get into 
has a fairly big part in Tartarus, but then goes quiet in the next release and is just there as another companion, I guess. And then sort of comes to the front again in Warzone and Conversion. Um, sort of Conversion ends with a lot of questions asked uh, and they don't get answered for quite a while. You know, in terms of the release of these stories, it was a year before we got a follow-up to Conversion and we then had a couple of stories and then we never found out what happened next or how it concluded for quite a while, really, because uh, the sto- I believe the stories were held back uh, due to COVID and being somehow related to COVID and that kind of thing. Um, so but either way, anyway, Big Finish made the decision to kind of not release those stories as part of the monthly range but save them to be in a box set later on and i think it worked actually i think in terms of where the the breaks are um thematically they are in the right places um so before we carry on let's do the spoiler warning it's for the mark arc um and i'm only saying that because i'm about to drop a bit of a spoiler um uh the uh, conversion ends with the Doctor leaving Tegan, Nyssa and Mark and going off to do his own thing and have some time on his own and sort of consider whether taking people with him as companions is a good idea or that kind of thing. And then um, we have two two releases, uh, Time Apart and then Thin Time of Madquake, where... I guess the Doctor kind of comes to terms with events, things that have gone on. There's a lot about Adric there as well, uh, which is kind of set up in conversion. And then the Doctor picks them up at the end of Madquake, and that's when we have another break. And then obviously the box set kind of shows us what happened next and how the, the art completes. So it's nicely formatted, and it does... I think sort of listening to it as it came out, it benefited from those breaks. Um, so yeah, it was it was sort of a nicely handled, fairly long term storyline, but with a very clear beginning, middle, and end. Um, and that's why I find it so enjoyable. It's definitely this series' strength um, that it is. It is a, a lot of the time with Big Finish, you get you know where every story is treated as an individual unit because you're able to buy them as such but this from the start is you you can tell there's a plan behind the series and they know where it's going from the word go you know from the off um and that is it's i've 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 always said that the mark arc is greater than the sum of its parts because of that and because of that approach to it um which does you know certainly among the main range stories it does stand out and does feel very distinct as a result of that yeah, definitely. And it, it it is it is pretty unique actually. It it sort of does it does something that I don't think Doctor Who's ever really done elsewhere. We've we've dropped companions off before and we've picked them up again later and we've sort of dealt with consequences of previous stories before, you know, that happened in the Hartnell era. But I don't think it's ever been done in such a sort of thought out, pre planned kind of way uh, and I think that's what makes this arc so great 
so shall we talk about some of the stories in this art then? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the first one is, of course, Tartarus, which we discussed in the past when we did the Cicero episode. Um, and we kind of ignored one of the biggest parts of this story, which is, of course, Mark. It does introduce Mark. Mark is most certainly a main character. So is Cicero, so is the Doctor, so is Nyssa, so is Tegan. It's quite a busy story. But yeah, um, how, how do you think it works as Mark's introduction? It's a little bit strange because it. it I, I think for a lot of it, Mark takes... Or it feels like Mark takes a little bit of a backseat compared to what is ostensibly the main part of it, which is uh, Doctor Who and Cicero have a crossover. Doctor Who meets Cicero, as played by um, um, uh, Samuel Barnett um, from the Big Finish Originals range. That's, I, th- I think to me as a Big Finish fan, that was the selling point for this one, rather than introducing a new Doctor Who companion. And it's a little bit strange that Mark feels secondary to that in his introductory story there's a lot of this where he i think he feels like quite a passive character at times where he 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 has greatness thrust upon him um which is it is a wee bit of a thing towards the end where the doctor and Cecil or you know the doctor and Cecil were much more active characters um but they're both denied um by the 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 evil computer <laughs> the evil uh well it's not evil but the artificial intelligence that's sort of overseeing everything here rejects them both because they're not they've they've both made questionable decisions in the past whereas mark is is very much or it feels like mark's very content to go with the flow and let things you know happen around him and greatness is is as i say thrust upon him in that regard where it it decides that uh, it it's it's all decided for him that he's he he's a slave. He works for Cicero. How his life, um, goes is conducted according to that, um, and then the the AI decides that he's going to be, you know, it's it's new chosen one. It's new, you know, the savior for the race it, it it was created by, um, so there is a way that all does sort of tie together quite well. But I don't know that it works entirely successfully for introducing a new companion to the TARDIS. Um, I do like that, you know, the reason he joins is because Tegan, in particular, Tegan and Nyssa don't want to leave him. Um, you know, they've, they, 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 they say that they have an opportunity to lift somebody out of slavery. Of course, they want to bring him along, but it never really feels like he makes too many active decisions of his own. Yeah, I think you're right. That There's certainly a I mean, the, it, it's quite abrupt, the ending and Mark joining the TARDIS. It's, he's built up to be a big character for the sake of the story, um, but it doesn't necessarily lead that this character would be a natural fit in the TARDIS team. Um, and it, it, it does kind of come out of nowhere, sort of Cicero goes, OK, I've decided that you're free now. And the Doctor goes, well, it's T and Nissa go, right, come on then you're with us in the TARDIS and it just kind of happens and there's no real decision about it and it's actually kind of played on in the first few stories that Mark's not he doesn't adjust to TARDIS life particularly well he sleeps on the floor and he he sort of struggles with the idea of not being a slave which it does sort of cause a little bit of tension um 
and it kind of gets forgotten after the events of Warzone and Conversion. But it's it's sort of a nice, interesting point that even at the very start, he's not the most comfortable of TARDIS travellers. Yeah. What I do like about it, though, is, that, as you say, that does get picked up on in, in Warzone and Conversion, um, where we've had a couple of episodes of relative normality, and it maybe feels... The series, it, aimless isn't the word, but you don't really get a sense of what the game plan is or the end game, you know, behind, you know, having this series. And we know now in retrospect that there is one there. We know what it's building up to now. But when you're listening to Tartarus, um, Face to Fear and Interstitial, you don't get too much of a sense of that. It just feels very run of the mill Doctor Who season 20 adventures with this, you know, with Mark tagging along. But then we get to Warzone and Conversion, um, which is where he starts to come out of a shell a bit, where he starts to take that little bit more of an active role. He's found something that he feels he's good at, which is the, the running in, in Warzone um, and, and the competitive nature of it, um, which which he comes out of a shell. And the other characters sort of remark on, remark on it, you know, that, oh, oh, look at Mark go. You know, we didn't really know he had this in him. Um, and that's because it's something he feels, you know, can apply to him. It's 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 it, it makes him feel a little bit more at home than, you know, any of his other adventures in the TARDIS have 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 done. Um, and it's that it's 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 that um, confidence and and newfound um activity i suppose is the word that that lead to the tragedy that befalls him in in warzone and conversion yeah absolutely it's it's definitely sort of notable that as soon as mark actually finds something he necessarily say is comfortable with but something he's good at something he enjoys as soon as he starts to get something out of his travels in the TARDIS um Warzone happens and then conversion happens and all of a sudden that's when you realize okay this this isn't just normal run-of-the-mill Doctor Who with a new companion this is going to be different. Something has happened to this companion. Something has altered this companion. Um, I mean, we've talked many, many times about how great a story, uh, war, I mean, Warzone and Conversion, they're both brilliant, but how great a story Warzone is. Um, and it, it's it's a great story in its own right. It's an absolutely fantastic story. It, it, but... It does an awful lot. In its two episodes, it completely turns this arc on its head. It changes Mark's life forever. It changes him as a character. It changes Tegan and Nissa's relationship with the Doctor. Um, and conversion really is, it, it's the aftermath. It isn't, Warzone is when the event happens. It is Warzone that actually sees Mark converted into a partial cyberman um conversion kind of just deals with that aftermath and starts to explore how everything has changed and how how this tardis dynamic is now completely turned on its head 
Um, and I think that's a really clever way of doing it, actually. It, it would have been sort of the obvious thing to do, I guess, would have been end conversion on a bit of a cliffhanger. Is Mark going to be turned into a Cyberman? But actually, it gets done in Warzone. We get to conversion. And it's much more about how it affects the TARDIS dynamic. And the cliffhanger, and there is a cliffhanger, the Doctor kind of in Tegan's words, sulks off and leaves his companions. Um, but it's it, it's more of a character-based emotional cliffhanger than a sort of dramatic action cliffhanger. And I think that's really well handled. Yeah, um, it, 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 it occurs to me that the whole... The, the, the whole point behind this arc, the, the main idea behind this arc is, um, it's 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 obviously picking up that that it's, um, uh, very very similar to what happened to Adric on TV. Um, yes. where he's, yeah. he's he's killed after a traumatic encounter with the Cybermen. Um, but what happens in 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 Time Flight is it's brushed under the carpet, and a lot has been made of Time Flight over the years. A lot has been made of that decision to oh he wouldn't want us to mourn him unnecessarily line um and you know that that very clinical and emotionless reaction to this group of characters losing their friend they're straight into having another adventure where there's the cast maybe play it as an undertone you know of of, of grief and sadness and there's the, that little cameo of adric in the you know the hologram in in, in time flight um but there's no real emotional fallout from it on TV. Not 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 in the same way as would play out now. What this does is it does the same thing, but rather than killing Mark, it keeps him around to 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 stop the Doctor, Nissa, and Tegan doing the same thing to him as they did with Adric. They can't brush him onto the carpet because he's still there, and the fallout of what's happened to him is playing out in front of them and infecting each of them in, in its own way, um, which is really, really good. Um, I, 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 I think that's absolutely superb. Um, and Warzone and Conversion is, 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 is where that all kicks off. Um, it is, as I, as I said earlier, the first few episodes, you don't really get the, the idea of what's going on. This is, it comes in, it, it hammers in very quickly and very, very, um, it, it feels that it's, it's quite a devastating blow when it happens and that doesn't let up for the rest of the series. That's, that's kept on and built on. Um, and it's, it's, I, I, regular listens of this pod, you know, regular, regular, uh, listeners to this podcast will know how much we love this little set of episodes, Warzone and Conversion. Um, it's, it's the, it's the heart of the series, really. It's the core of the series. Like not, none of the rest of it would be possible if not for these two stories. I think they're absolutely brilliant. I think that it's important, though, that Warzone Conversion comes... It's the third release in the arc because it was important for us to get to know Mark and him settle in a little bit before this happens. They could very easily have done Warzone as the first story in the entire arc and the Doctor is travelling with a part Cyberman companion now. But it's the fact that we got to know Mark a little bit, we got to see how Mark unaltered uh, fit in with this TARDIS team. And yeah, I really like that. I really like that it 
sort of took the time to do that and then kind of pulled the rug out from under us with two fantastic stories. Um, but of course, the arc moved on. Um, and I I really like what Big Finish did here. Um, they The monthly range had that annual anthology release for one-part stories, and they actually tied that into the arc. It's called Time Apart, and it's kind of what the Doctor gets up to without his companions, and there is this sort of constant undertone of, you know, am I doing the right thing? The Doctor trying to second-guess himself. It's it's a great little release, um, and it's a great idea. Instead of it just being some random anthology thrown in, it ties into the arc, it makes it bigger, and it means that we get to feel that gap. They could very easily have had the Doctor disappear at the end of conversion, and then he's back with them again uh, in Madquake. But actually, we get near enough two entire releases and six adventures where the Doctor isn't with his companions. Um, have you got any sort of further thoughts on Time Apart? Yes, it's quite a good wee set of stories. I, I um, quite often don't get on with the, with the anthology releases because they are... Um, because they're so brief. You know, the, the one-episode stories, half an hour, is not a huge amount of time. Um, and some stories use that better, you know, or use that format better than others do. Um Usually, I, 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 I wouldn't call them a favorite, but this is a very strong example um, of of that format, um, and it, it it works as well. Um, again, I think we can count one of the strengths of this. You know, one of the strengths of the Mark arc um, is that it does take the time to show. You know, it 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 doesn't assume knowledge. It doesn't. It doesn't gloss over or, or or breeze past anything. It shows you, um, it shows you Mark as you as you said before. It shows you Mark having ordinary adventures in the TARDIS before anything happens to him, and then we get the 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 traumatic event and the traumatic change, um, in in the team dynamic, um, and it 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 shows us the gap here as well as you say with the Doctor, and time apart gives us the Doctor's perspective, Mad and and thin time as well, and Mad Quick gives um. Uh, Tegan, Nissa, and Mark's perspective on on the gap, um, and it's good as well because um, what time apart and thin time do is they give the impression that the Doctor has been away from them much longer than they feel he has been because he's in the TARDIS. He has time travel. They don't. He's going back to where he left them. I think they're probably only there for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe. Um, but it, it it feels like a lot longer for the Doctor, as it should, because he's the time traveller, he has the time machine, and um, he, 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 I don't imagine he would have been in too much of a rush back to them after the events of conversion. Um, so yes, it, it, I, I like that it takes the time to explore uh, all the time that they do spend apart and, and, and um, the build-up to Mark's conversion or partial conversion um it's 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 very well done and it's certainly in a very a very effective technique i also love the fact that um the doctor isn't actually sure he does want to go back and it takes him meeting up with the 11th doctor and the 11th doctor kind of giving him 
that kick up the backside. He sees the 11th Doctor at a similar point in his life and goes, actually, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be retired and alone and a bit miserable. So it's kind of seeing something that happened much, much later in Doctor Who uh, is what encourages him to go back. And I really like that. I thought that little cameo from the 11th Doctor at the end of um, Thin Time was brilliant. I, I, yeah, I really like that. I, I I remember being very excited when I heard. I I think it was spoiled on me. I I, I don't think I went in. Not you know no. I don't think I went in completely blind to that. And um, when it came out, the the um, I I I think it's a great scene. It's a great idea. It's not gratuitous. It's not you know the fifth Doctor meets a new series Doctor for the sake of it. There's a genuine narrative reason for it. I think the way it plays out is a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of the doctor, the the fifth doctor, um, uses the eleventh doctor as his inspiration, or you know, or you know, I don't want to become you. Um, you're going to anyway, mate. Um, but there's something in the way the eleventh doctor's played though that's a little bit too upbeat. Um, where for one, we know that's not how he was when he was staying in Victorian London. We know he was very depressed and downbeat. Um. And he's a he's a bit he's quite cheery and happy here, and you can explain that that is his, you know, he's he's meeting his past self. He's 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 a bit excited to get a glimpse of his old life, and that maybe lifts him for a wee while. But um, it's a great scene; it's very well written. Um, just as it plays out, there's something I'm not a hundred percent sure about because of the way the eleventh Doctor's characterized. But it's a great scene; it's it's perfectly placed, and it has a genuine reason for existing and um, it's not just there for the sake of having two doctors meet there's there's a proper reason for 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 having that little bit of uh crossover and it genuinely does shift the storyline forward as well it, it it does serve a purpose so yeah it's it's a beautifully beautifully sort of done um cameo um so the doctor picks up Nissa, Tegan and Mark uh, at the end of Madquake and they agree that they need to talk and uh, the idea is they're going to go to Gallifrey and they're going to talk with a mediator on Gallifrey but it all goes wrong uh, and we end up in the events of the Lost Resort where they're kind of haunted by the sort of ghost of Adric uh, and it really kind of brings forward that the, the idea of loss and Adric and how it it affected not just the Doctor but Tegan and Nyssa as well and how what happened to Mark kind of ties into that. And again, it, it's just, it's another really cleverly done bit of work. It, it does, it feels like the right place for them to go. The TARDIS has taken them to exactly the right place. Um and obviously having Adric back for story after he's gone, it does, at long last, 40 years later, give the Fifth Doctor, Nyssa and Tegan, their chance to say goodbye to Adric and kind of get over his loss as well. Yeah, it's it's very well done. and It comes in the perfect place in the arc as well, where even though they're back together, it doesn't feel like... Yeah, particularly, particularly, I think Tegan at the start of this is is not content being back in the TARDIS with the Doctor. She's a little bit, 
it, it doesn't feel like there's there's going to be a lot of harmony uh, or as much harmony as there there ever was with Tegan <laughs> and the Doctor, but it feels like she's ready for a fight in particular. I think I think Mark's ready for one as well with the Doctor. Um, Nessa's trying to keep the peace, um, and the Doctor's trying his best. He's trying his best, but um, it's not really working out the way he intended. But um, they they end up in the in this resort, um, which has a a, a melon a melancholic. There's the, there's this, there's this really really palpable melancholic feel throughout this story, um, which does, you know, muse on the nature of of grief and of of losing loved ones. There's um. Uh, I've, 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 it's been a couple of weeks since I listened to this. I've forgotten the names of the characters, unfortunately. But there's one where there's a, there's a, a sequence where a lot of the story is based around uh, a woman grieving the loss of her wife, the death of her wife, which is really affecting stuff. It's actually quite hard to listen to um, at times uh, because it is so well written and so well played, and and um, there's that really lovely. Uh, line about you know not being able to get over grief it just depends how you wear it uh, about it being stitched into your being that's one I think of the very best lines and very best thoughts Doctor Who has ever had um, and I, I think that's absolutely fantastic um, and and um, it's, 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 it, has, it has always stuck in my head um, it does as you say bring back Adric and it does uh, it, it ties back into Warzone and Conversion as well because in that story the cyber leader is the same cyber leader from Earthshock who just downloaded himself into another body, which sort of makes Adric's sacrifice a bit moot um, and a bit um, redundant in in Earthshock, um, and um, this. You know, there's the line towards the end of this where Adric says, "You know, at least this time I don't die for nothing." That's brilliant as well. That's you know bringing back Adric for again for a reason, um, and and giving him, um, furthering his story as well. Um, it's not again, it's not a gratuitous return. It's not a good gratuitous inclusion of the character. It it has a reason, and it does further his and the Doctor's stories. So that's very very well done. And 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 again. I'd, I'd say that the Lost Resort is one of the highlights of the whole run. Yeah, absolutely, and it's you could argue the sort of emotional crescendo of the storyline. It's it's the bit where they do really deal with the elephant in the room, which is Adric's death and that kind of thing. And from this point onwards, we still have two stories left. It feels a little bit more business as usual. Now, obviously, we have to say goodbye to Mark. We know that he didn't travel with them forever because the TV series picks up his snake dance. But, um, yeah, this is this is kind of the, the main resolution to the character stuff that's been going on. It's still there. It still lingers. But The Lost Resort does an awful lot of work in the same way that Warzone and Conversion did. Uh, and it's it's all great stuff, yeah. Um, so the final two stories, uh, the perils of Nellie Bly, which is a 
a pretty fun historical. It's kind of, I guess, another day of day in the life of the TARDIS crew. Uh, they get stuck in a historical event and it's very reminiscent of Hartnell historicals and so on. Um, and then we have the final story, which is, of course, Nightmare of the Daleks. And I, I kind of I have to admit, I did kind of think, does this storyline really need Daleks? We have had a big sort of mid-season finale with Cybermen. Do we need Daleks at the end? But I think the way that the Daleks are used and the way they play into Mark's departure from the TARDIS completely justifies their presence in this story. Um, so what are your thoughts on these last couple of stories in the arc? Um, I like them. It does feel a wee bit strange because, as you mentioned, the Lost Resort is the emotional peak. That's where the majority of the uh, bad feeling among the team and the majority of the uh, emotional journey of this series is dealt with and then we're left with the perils and nearly blind nightmare of the daleks as almost a coda to the rest of the series um where it feels like we're on a gentle wind down rather than a you know we're, we're past the culmination uh, already and we're into a, a gentle winding down of the series which is it's 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 not a bad idea and it, 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 it works quite well i think um I think Nightmare of the Daleks, just to, to say, as you mentioned, you know, but does it really need the Daleks? Throughout the series, you know, there's a lot of big, well, there's a couple of big sort of cameo appearances, um, or not cameo appearances, but, but you know, guest, you know, guest starring the Cybermen or the Daleks sort of things, um, where they're the, you know, they're, they're on the poster, they're, they're, the, they're, they're the banner above the titles, um, in a way. But the way this uses those sort of returning monsters and, um, you know, even the likes of the Slitheen, where, you know, we as big Finnish fans are used to um, a lot of, you know, uh, you know villains or, or characters crossing over into, into other series. I like what this does, where they're almost used as background, you know, noise against the emotional stuff uh, that, that the series is, is really interested in. Um, and we're getting the Cybermen and Daleks and the Slavine as, as you know, almost a sort of shorthand where here's a villain that you are, as, as the listener, are already familiar to, and here's some fun adventures with them that we don't have to, you know, that, 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 that we don't have to spend too much time focusing on setting up new villains while we deal with the character drama. Um, or, or, you know, instead of the character drama, you know, here's some villains you're already familiar and aware, you know, of. Um, while we focus on the character uh, relationships, that's a really good way of working it. I think it works really well, and I I've always said it's one of this series' greatest strengths. Um, Nightmare of the Daleks is quite good. It's a bit creepy. Um, it's 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 fun to hear the Doctor and Nissa, you know, meeting the Daleks because they've had tons of adventures with them. Um, uh, you know, in Big Finish's history, and then Tegan is like, you know, I th I think before this, Tegan only had one story with the Daleks, which was the Elite, and this sort of ignores. I think she's not aware of the Daleks, even though she meets one in the Elite. Um, which is a shame because it's one of my favorite stories, but it's a lost story. I can't really blame them. Um, it's 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 very good in that regard, and it it, it sort of tiptoes around Tegan. 
um, meeting them in uh, Resurrection of the Daleks, which is her last story. She 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 doesn't take too much of a front seat in this one. She's a bit a bit more background. She doesn't meet the Daleks at all. I think. Um, yeah. But it's 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 great to hear. I I I love the Fifth Doctor getting to meet and go up against a really horrible villain because that's when you know his his sort of um, uh, affable demeanor drops and the he gets a bit angry and a bit confrontational and I, I really like when that happens Davison's great at playing it and it comes out here as well where he sort of really gets stuck into the Daleks at, at a couple of points um, yeah. for what they are and and how much he you know they are you know anathema to him so that's I, I like this stuff a lot um, as Mark Sexton goes it feels a little bit uh, rushed's not the word I'm looking for what is the word I'm looking for a little bit abrupt um, where he, yeah. he decides to to stay and and keep the Daleks contained, I think. But it works for him. All throughout the series, he sort of struggled to fit in with the TARDIS crew. He's you know that's become compounded by the fact he's a half converted Cyberman. This is where he decides that he has the opportunity to make a difference and do something, um, and this is what he decides to do. He it gives him a purpose. Um, that he is capable of of keeping the Daleks contained, that he can um, he can handle that task, and he decides that's what he's going to do. That's how he's going to have a beneficial effect on the universe. I like that for him. It's it's what the character needed, um, and it is it is in retrospect what he had been building to. And I like him sort of taking control of his own destiny and deciding that's it for me. Traveling in the TARDIS, this is my place. I'm going to stay here. Um, and it does leave the door open for you know for him to return at some point in the future if they want to pick him up with a different doctor um, or even the fifth doctor again later on in his life. So I, I I think that's quite well done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going back to the Daleks being the villains. It's they are a credible enough threat for Mark to sort of stay and sort of keep an eye on what's going on and, you know, the threat of the Daleks kind of remains. Uh, so, yeah, it's I guess they are the right villains for it. Um, and it is it is the perfect ending for Mark. It's the perfect place to leave him. Um, and I'm glad that Mark did get some... It's not necessarily a happy ending, but I'm glad he got an ending that wasn't him just dying because... It would have felt like a bit of a cop out after all of the stuff that went on previously, and it was kind of teased a little bit at the end of Tartarus. You've got that coda uh, where the Doctor lands and meets Cicero again, and Cicero asks after Mark, and there's that kind of "oh well, Mark doesn't travel with us anymore," and it all sounds a bit sinister. But actually, no, Mark, Mark lives on and fights on, and I think that's a perfect ending for the character um i really like the way that it was handled so this this arc it's i'd say it was fairly unique we've had arcs from big finish and so on before but um you know do you think an arc like this works do you think this sort of 10 story arc is something big finish should do more of maybe i think it was good 
yeah, the short answer to that is yes. Um, I think it was good at the time because this is where, um, or it was around this time that the main range assigned individual producers to each doctor, whereas it had been handled by one person um, up until uh, around this time. Um, and it, it, I think this out of all of the ranges feels like the one that most decided to have its own identity or out of all of the doctors in the main range decided that this was going to have its own identity. You can feel the influence of a showrunner behind it, which in this instance was Scott Hancock, um, who has um, decided to make this series its own distinct thing, um, that there is going to be a, a, a forward momentum to it. Um, which you can definitely feel throughout the stories, and it does make it easier to get or more rewarding to be, you know, to become invested in. The other thing with it as well is limited release or a limited amount of time to use. There's, um, you know, three releases roughly to each series, um, or uh, where you have, you know, what would have traditionally in the main range been three, four part stories. What we get here is they sort of make the most of their runtime by cutting down to do six stories instead an hour long each two parts long which you can listen to as a sort of or i will i have always listened to it as a, a sort of new series style hour long episodes thing with a couple of two-parters in here and there i think that works really really well and by the end of the uh, series you end up with i think roughly about 12 hours runtime all in which is about the length of a new series season so I think that works really well. It gives them a lot more room to play and develop the characters and lets them take the time um, you know, to explore what Mark's like before and after partial conversion, what the Doctor's like in his time away from his companions. So yeah, I appreciated the direction behind this and the, the sense of it being its own distinct thing with its own identity as a series. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's it is more than just an arc. It is its own kind of self-contained season, and it the length of that is pretty much identical to a series, new series, series. So yeah, absolutely correct. Um, and I guess that you know, into this new box set era that we're in now, it's kind of the sixth Doctor that's picked up this kind of running arc season idea and you know we really enjoy what's going on there as well we've talked about that quite a few times um well it's been great talking about the mark arc with you uh but we will leave it there um but yeah an absolutely great run some brilliant stories and sort of plenty of emotional drama to get stuck into as well that we maybe don't often see in doctor who um, so I will say thank you and goodbye to you, Connor. Thank you very much. And we'll be back very soon with more podcasting. Goodbye now. Mm-hmm.